Hi, Danica. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I really wanted to chat because obviously, like, I we've spoken a lot on social media um, yeah. and I love all of the content that you put out. And I just wanted to get a bit more information from you about what you kind of do and how you got into the industry yourself. So mm-hmm. you work a lot of, with a lot of people one-on-one on nutrition. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got into it. Cool. So I guess starting from the beginning, I originally had a background in accounting um, and I sort of found my love and passion for food and fitness um, just naturally, like going to the gym and just cooking and stuff like that. Um, And then through social media, I sort of started growing a bit of a platform. um, And from there, I got approached to work for a company in nutrition. Um, From that, I sort of found a bit more love from working one-on-one with people. Um, I think it's just so rewarding being able to help someone find themselves and find the confidence and enjoy food and fitness and taking care of themselves. Um, So from there, I moved back home and I decided to start working for myself. Um, It did take a bit of time. I went through like a lot of um, education and just making sure that I did have the correct qualifications to be doing what I'm doing. Um, But also, I just wanted to make sure that I had a better understanding about health and well-being of people because what we do is so sensitive in that we're effectively making a huge impact on the people's quality of life so I think that it's really important to understand not only like how to provide information but just the background of like um, understanding people's mental health and emotional health and all that kind of thing that ties into it as well so I just wanted to spend time educating myself and then from there I just bit the bullet and decided to start my own business and take on clients and obviously coming from a background of social media following it did help um, starting my business um, it meant that I did have a steady onflow of clients and I've been doing it now for two and a half years and um, I've always had a sort of steady flow of clients. Um, you and used to counting? <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. I think like I did enjoy my time doing that, but yeah. I, I think I really found a love for just helping people and being part of people's journeys. I, I just, you can't explain that feeling of how rewarding it is to see someone come into themselves and, and just enjoy taking care of themselves I don't, it's, it's such a unique experience when you work with people yeah. one-on-one because you see how different each individual person is and what mm-hmm. what might affect one person's like relationship with their body or with food mm-hmm. um is completely different to what affects the next person so it yeah. is like pieces of a puzzle almost with each individual person so even though I feel like it's um very targeted in terms of nutrition it is very different based upon mm-hmm. who you're working with yeah absolutely and like you learn as you go along as you probably know as well the more time you spend in the industry the more you learn about different things that can impact people's relationship with food and with yeah. their body from like you know their family dynamics to how they learn to eat when they grow up to you know relationships that they've had or I mean so many different things and then you yeah. sort of learn to be able to pivot and have a better understanding of people to know how to tailor your systems to meet where they're at. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's just so interesting. Like, I learned so much just coming into the industry myself and, like, I didn't realise, you know, how many females had problems with their health that were, I didn't think were common, but are super, super common. Like, yeah. um, And then kind of the knock-on effect like to their whole life. Like, mm-hmm. food affects people's whole lives. Um, mm-hmm. 
I know we take it very seriously, but that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you about it. So tell yeah. me how um, your relationship with your own body and food was kind of growing up and how, how it's mm-hmm. evolved. Well, growing up, I always grew up around food and good quality of food. Um, both my grandparents were chefs um, and that sort of had a flow on effect to my mum where we ate a lot of whole foods and, um, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up as well. Um, I come from a broken family and mum was a single mum for a long time. Yeah. And so when my brother and I were really little, she used to make do with what she had. Um, she used to like make her own fish fingers and put them in the boxes um, and pretend That's that they were like real fish. <laughs> yeah. Or she would like, you know, grate veggies into like cakes and things like that. Just so that, you know, we would always be eating whole foods, but it was deemed like fun. Um, yeah. Fun experience. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that was really like pivotal in forming my relationship with food. I mean, as a young adult as well, I never really had any body image issues. It was more so when I moved into like my late teens, early 20s. That's when, you know, you start going out, um, you know, you start dating and things like that, and you start being a bit more self conscious about things. I think that's where it sort of took a little bit of a shift for me. Um, And then again, like, one thing that I've sort of become accepting of now is as we age, our bodies change. But when you're younger and you go from that like teen body where you're quite slim and, and then you start becoming a bit more of a woman and your body changes, yeah. it can be a bit hard to accept that at the time. Um, especially like, you know, I got, I've got a bigger lower body. So, you know, developing hips and stuff like that, it was a bit like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then that sort of started, you know, um, a few insecurities and wanting to change my body. Um, and then again, sort of when I did get into fitness and I dropped a bit of weight and you know became the girl who ate a lot of food and had a Mm. six pack that also now reflecting on it really impacted the way that I viewed myself because I had an unhealthy relationship with food at the time that I wasn't aware of but having all this positive reinforcement from people on social media from strangers saying oh my gosh you look great what are you doing that sort of like pushed my relationship with food in the wrong direction because yep. I became more strict and more self-conscious about my body thinking what can I do better how can I restrict more how can I train more how can I have more um yep. when it became to the point of being unhealthy and I didn't realize that at the time because everyone was telling me I looked great and I thought what I was doing was the right thing but now on reflection I was super restrictive um I was super nitpicky about myself um I wouldn't wear certain things because I'd be paranoid about how people would view me in real life compared to how they saw me on social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's so, been such an evolving thing, I guess, with social media. Yeah. Um, the comments that people make on someone's body, mm-hmm. it really does, it not only affects their like whole day once they see that comment, but it does affect their whole approach to nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you, I don't know if you've had clients who have like gone through cuts or surplus phases and they have like mm-hmm. friends, family, and they, they'll make comments and then, even if that client has a rock solid um, foundation of education with their own, you know, food um, relationship and everything, it does rattle them a little bit. And I personally have been through that as well. So mm-hmm. it's a very interesting experience, I think, with how social media has evolved. And especially because you have a quite a, you know, a large following specifically in that area. Yeah. And I think like definitely it's that positive reinforcement, like people don't realise the background of what someone is doing to look the way that they do and it's just like the more that you hear those things the more you're like oh like I've got to keep up with it I've got to keep up with it and then it just 
from there, like for me personally, it did evolve to the point where like I struggled to eat out. I would go on holidays and I would be counting calories and not having that ability to be able to let go. Um, And no shame to anyone who said those comments. People don't realize, but it puts that pressure on yourself, definitely. And I see that again with clients as well when they lose weight and they have people telling me, oh, I look so, you look so good. What are you doing? It reinforces to them that they have to keep doing what they're doing and push yeah. harder um, when that's not the case at all. I think like you need to have that balance and that's all. And I think with well. you specifically, um, I guess being in the industry, it's very mm-hmm. easy that when those comments are made, your entire like self worth becomes wrapped around your body image. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How you make money um, yeah. on the outside <laughs> of people. Yeah. yeah. And I think like at the start when I did, um, because obviously once I realized I had these issues, I decided to make a change. And for me, the scariest part was thinking about how people would perceive me and my qualifications and what I do, because I don't look, quote unquote, as fit as I once did. Um, And it took a lot for me to be able to let go of that and just put myself first and not worry about what people would think. And at the end of the day, like it didn't have any negative impact on my business whatsoever. Like people actually appreciated being transparent and um, especially now a lot of the clients that I work with they do want that balance they they don't necessarily care so much about aesthetics like to a degree people do obviously but more people want that food freedom they want the ability to be able to enjoy life and not have food focus and that kind of thing which for me sharing that as well um, really made it more relatable with my client base. And I think that what you just said about how it didn't actually affect your business is so important because um, a lot of the things that we think that people are going to think about our changing bodies, nobody would even think twice about, like they won't even notice it on you, but it shows that it's so internal. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had a similar experience with through being pregnant. You know, I thought like, how am I going to maintain a business? My body is like, I have no control over it. But it was like, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a good point to pivot as well because for me it helped me understand a lot of what my clients go through as well internally Um, and it did help my business in that aspect as well. Um, But, yeah, like, I mean, I'm quite tall, so me gaining weight anyway, it's not as noticeable. So, I mean, I gained, like, 15 kilos throughout that whole journey and my mum was like, you don't even look any different. (laughs) uh, For me it was just, yeah, it's all that, like, internal dialogue and the way that we view ourselves that does play a huge part in the way we feel so what did your journey look like from going from you know the girl who ate a lot of food and had a six pack to where you are now (laughs) um I guess I sort of just slowly made changes I started eating more and more food and pulling back a bit on the exercise as well I used to train I used to train at the gym six days a week but I would do cardio every single day I was doing like 20 25,000 steps um, a day which was so unrealistic and then when people say oh what do you do I want to look like you it's like what I was doing at the time wasn't realistic for anyone to be doing Um, and again this is like what I try to tell my clients when they look up to fitness people on the internet is like it's their job to look a certain way like you have kids you have your own job you have you know a household to maintain you have a social life like it's not realistic to tell someone to be doing these things yeah to look a certain way anyway to begin with um but for me yeah definitely I started eating more and pulling back on the training um I'm still completely aware that my composition is great like I still hold definition and things like that but I'm currently like eight kilos heavier than what I was at my leanest. Yep. Um, 
So for me, it was just, yeah, about pulling back a bit um, and just like letting go of doodles that I didn't really realize that I had. So like around eating out or like, you know, spontaneous date nights with my partner. Like I could never do that without freaking out. Yeah. Um, And even just like, you know, having dinner with my family without it being planned or little things like that, like taking small steps to make changes and just letting go a little bit. Um, And I purposely allowed myself to, because I had a lot of issues with like hunger cues and bloating and stuff like that. I allowed myself to eat more when I needed it as well, um, rather than like restricting. Um, So yeah, like giving my body permission and understanding that there is ample food coming in. Um, Obviously like gaining and doing a surplus, I decided to do a bulk with strength training as well at the same time. Um, So for me that that really helped. Like I took two years off dieting. and just allowing my body to kind of reset in a way um, and just creating like a safe environment for my body again. And it helped so much in terms of like stress and everything, like the flow on effect that that had was just, I can't explain, like it completely changed the way that I viewed food in my body. Like, And how did you feel about your body throughout that process? Was there ever any negative um, thoughts at that time or did you find that it was all quite positive? um look it's gonna be a mixture of both because you know again it goes back to like I was questioning myself from like a business perspective and like how people would view me and then again when you would like try on clothes that used to fit and then nothing would fit again it's like oh my gosh like what am I doing um but the more that I did it the more that I was able to let go and just be content with where I was so I went from about 58 kilos to the heaviest I got was 74 kilos um and for me, like being able to just let go and just be content when I was at my heaviest, it was just like, yeah, feeling I can't describe, but I had more confidence in the end being that heavier weight than I did when I was at a leaner weight. And I think so many people don't realize the power that they give one certain number um, and to yeah. try and stay that way forever is just debilitating so much of your life. Like you mentioned mm. I think the things you mentioned, like being able to eat out, um, being able to eat with family and all that, that's essentially like living your life. And it's so easy to get wrapped up. I've seen you talk a lot about like standard diet foods and um, things that people don't even like foods that people don't even realize they're eating because they're diet foods. And yeah. <laughs> like when you think back on, you know, some of the things that you used to eat when you were trying to maintain a certain body weight, um, I remember you doing some stories about it and I just thought back on like the time I would like eat egg whites and rice cakes like for a snack. Yeah, yeah. and it's just crazy like when I see people now being like, you know, eating a whole tub of jelly light like because it's high yeah. volume, I'm just like, you know, like the better thing to do is to eat enough food and, and well-rounded meals that actually keep you full for longer rather than trying to eat these high volume things that you're probably not enjoying anyway. Yeah. And, your taste buds have become so numb to like what real things taste like that you're telling yourself you're enjoying it. But when you do then go and have the real thing, whether it's eating out, whether, you know, you have something at home and then you start eating it, that's when that whole like binge cycle begins because you've gotten a taste of something and you're like, oh my gosh. So you're better off just, yeah, you're better off just allowing like normal meals, normal foods. And, and like what I had to do was that whole internal reset of just allowing my body to know that there's enough food available and nothing's going out of the picture like it does take time you might gain weight but at the end of the day like you get to a point where 
food isn't the focus anymore and you can go somewhere and have a little bit and then understand when you're full and content and not feel the need to indulge. And so how did your business evolve through that process of you gaining weight? Um, I think a lot more of my clients also became content with shifting the focus from a number perspective more to like the internal processes. Um, And again, when I first started my business, it was a whole learning experience for me as I went along. Um, When I first started, it was a lot of like calorie deficits and um, weight loss focus, whereas now it's a lot more mindset focused and a lot more of that body image um, relationship with food focus. more so like focusing on things like fruit and veggies and whole grains and and protein and what the quality of food people are eating um and just making sure people are feeling good like ultimately at the end of the day like i want people to enjoy the quality of their life and focus on health rather than weight because a lot of the clients that i do work with are in that healthy weight range yeah so it's not a matter of you know health when they do come to me wanting to lose weight, it's a matter of personal preference. Um, So it's just about shifting that internal narrative that they do have about themselves and figuring out why they feel the need to lose weight. Is it social pressures? Is it um, relationship? Is it what they've heard their parents speak when they grow up? Um, Those kinds of things. So more so like helping people internally reflect on why they feel the way that they feel and just helping them find that balance in terms of like nourishing their body, social eating, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I guess that brings me to the common client challenges that you mm-hmm. see. What are the common things, the common barriers to not only reaching someone's goal, but also <laughs> um, wanting to be at a stage where they're either maintaining and or gaining um, and not losing weight constantly? Yeah. So I think a lot of that is down to like the internal dialogue that people tell themselves Um, a lot of people have limiting beliefs and they think that being a certain weight or looking a certain way will change the way that they feel about themselves or the way that life happens to them but ultimately that's not true so it's just about sort of educating them a bit more about um, food and body image and and really diving into why they feel that way and what the triggers were Um, it takes a lot of pushing and probing sometimes because people don't realize um you know, I've had some clients that their parents might have made a comment when they were younger or they were forced to eat vegetables when they didn't want to as a kid and now they're, like, traumatised for life. So it's just, yeah. like, about trying to find those triggers and then working on ways around those triggers. Um, but at the end of the day, to me, a lot of it does come down to education, um, making people aware of, you know, why making positive food choices is important um, and why taking care of yourself is important, um, but also environment. So what you surround yourself with, who you surround yourself with, what you're consuming. Um, if you're around friends and family that are always trying to diet and always trying to, you know, trying these latest fads and all that kind of stuff, or if you're on social media and you're seeing these girls that, you know, 1,200-calorie diets or yeah. – um, eight-week, you know, shred challenges and things like that. Yeah. yeah, it's just like if you're seeing that content constantly and you're consuming that, you're going to think that same way too. So it's just about doing a bit of a life audit and surrounding yourself with people and environments that are a bit more healthy for you. Um, and, yeah, just like the education side, I think, I think that is like the most important thing for people is like 
just it definitely of- is and even back on the comments um that what you mentioned about people's comments that they get from their family or, mm-hmm. or anything like that I think dieting is so generational like we've seen that mm-hmm. um and so much of what someone carries on their own thoughts about their body and especially the way they eat comes from how they grew up and absolutely constantly consuming that content of like either whether it's like challenge based or whether it's just you know 1200 calories it just reaffirms that stuff to them because I guess that's that's the kind of media that we grew up with I would say mm-hmm. is like yeah. less is better constantly yeah and I definitely think of a shift in that yeah I was just about to say I think there is a bit of a pivot at the moment but unfortunately like our parents' generation was a bit more hardcore with that stuff, like magazines and all that kind of stuff, body shaming women who were like a size 10. And like, I even remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I even remember growing up and having my mum be like, does my bum look big in this? And like things like that, you know what I mean? And now I think there's definitely a bit of a pivot where people are becoming more aware, um, females especially, like now they're getting in the gym and they're actually wanting to fuel up to train properly. And I think it's great that, um so many people are doing that and I think like because of what I consume content wise and the people I surround myself with it's a lot of like-minded people but then I'll still see those things about like 1200 calories and I'm like I can't believe this still exists it's still there yeah 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 but it's it's because we're a little bit more removed from it in terms Mm. of like I'm not you know we're not surrounded by it 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 does shock me a little bit when I (laughs) see a sponsored post or whether it's a new client will tell you something that they you know bought into when you're just like wow I can't believe that stuff is still going (laughs) yeah I had a um client ask me like what I thought about like the cookie diet and I was like what is that it's like a diet where they just eat cookies all day they're like meal replacement cookies and I was like oh my god like these things still exist they've evolved from shakes to yeah (laughs) yeah and I was just like I can't believe that like this is still a thing but yeah it's it's still so common and I think that that's also a reason why what we do as um you know, working in the health and fitness industry is so important yeah. because there are still so many people that do need help and do need education and do need support. And I think, like, the more people that, like, I have no issue with other people in the fitness industry because I think, like, the more that we can get along and the more that we can help people, the more this shift will continue. Yeah, um, for sure. There is such a wide, you know, client base for everyone because there are so many people that don't know what they're doing. So I think, yeah, we really And need like to- you said, when it comes from an education standpoint, it's almost like a re-education like it is a lot of um it it really can't be done in a short period of time and it there's so much work that goes into each individual you can only ever take on a certain amount of clients at one stage yeah like- absolutely and like a lot of it like relearning behaviors for clients it's it's such a hard thing and some people will be like you know I feel like I was doing really well and now I've gone backwards but it's like yeah. whenever you're trying to learn a new behavior and replace old habits is going to take time to set those foundations and it's going to mean you know taking 10 steps forward and then going backwards a little bit but yeah. that in itself is a learning experience for you to understand okay what was my trigger why did this happen how can I you know change certain things going forwards why do I feel this way and also self-acceptance of being like okay this happened, it is what it is, we, we move forward and learning yeah. that nothing bad happens from having a bad day and that yeah. life still goes on. So I completely agree. Uh, something I always say to clients is 
when you feel like something's gone wrong, it's actually such a big learning time mm-hmm. for us, like to work together. Because how yeah. if, if everything's perfect for you know <laughs> for the twelve to fifteen weeks to work with someone, then there's not much that you can really help. Yeah, with. yeah. But it exactly. all happens when those things, yeah, kind of when people view it as oh, I I stuffed up or something. It's when most of the learning and the changing happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it takes time for clients to like feel okay with that because I have so many clients that have come to me like oh I don't think I should check in this week I've had a really bad week and yeah. like, no no this is like when we this need to, is like, the way yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um so everyone I think strives for their element of balance and I think that mm-hmm. that's what we want people to have but what is your definition of balance so for me like I like to look at balance in terms of holistic lifestyle so I don't just look at balance in terms of like nutrition and training I look at it in terms of like work and life and health and well-being and like stress is such a big thing that I find with my clients and if people are stressed out it affects the way that they make their choices it affects their motivation it affects their mood so it's just about having that balance holistically um work-life balance um and then for me it's about making choices that you know are good for you but also having the ability to enjoy things that you want to be able to enjoy so you know making whole food choices but also being okay with eating out on the weekend or having a donut or yeah like like food autonomy yeah if your partner comes home with a surprise cupcake for you being able to say okay i'll eat it today rather than being like oh my god why'd you do this yeah (laughs) you know what i mean um so yeah i think like a lot of those environmental factors and just making sure you know you're having that balance in life because we live in a society that is so heavy, like with being busy and pushing and pushing and pushing, but it's like burnout is not a badge of honor. It's something Mm -hmm. that I like to say to my clients. And it's about like knowing when to push, but also when to pull back. So like, for example, if you're sick, not trying to like hit the gym hard and like um, tracking a deficit if, if it's not serving you. So being able to pull back, not tracking, eating to maintenance, um, doing less in the gym less steps depending on how someone's feeling it's about being able to pivot based on what's happening lifestyle environment yes like it that's what it is to me (laughs) yeah I agree I agree um what do you think the components to lifelong change with an individual's image and relate like image body image and relationship with food is uh so again like I I am very heavy on education and just making people aware of um the importance of good food because especially like when you get into calorie counting and stuff like that there's a lot of like calorie deficit calorie deficit meals calorie deficit food but that's not always going to be the best case for long-term health so educating people on why we need enough fruit and vegetables why we need enough protein um whole grains and and why well-rounded meals are so important um because if you're eating all of these, you know, high volume, low calorie meals that don't have enough carbs, don't have enough healthy fats, you're not going to be full and then you're going to feel crappy. So yeah. it's just about understanding the calorie component of things, but also understanding making the right choices for your body. Um, and, you know, especially like women who are getting into strength training, like you need to be eating enough to support that. Otherwise, you're just going to go through this cycle. Yeah. So that for me, I, I'm always really big on education. and. With my clients, um, I like to explain 
the why behind the what so that they can understand why we're doing certain things that we're doing. And it, it tends to click a bit more than if people can say, right, this is why we're making those choices yeah. rather than just telling them what to do and them. Yeah, and I think that's so true for like somebody that's at a maintenance phase for whatever reason that might be, but it can be very hard for people to be putting in a certain level of effort and not seeing the, I guess, reward that they would Mm -hmm. define as like scale weight loss or, you know, body um, weight loss changes. So I think them knowing why is so integral to what they're doing. Um, Yeah. It's going to be hard to kind of push through. And for me, like, I like to start all of my clients on a maintenance phase to yeah. begin with. Um, and I, I do explain to them, like, we want to make sure that you have a good baseline. We want to make sure that you understand how much food you can have to fuel your body. We want you to sort of feel safe and reset everything internally if you have been eating less food so that, you know, your body can thrive. Um, and just and I guess what are your tips to somebody who – might be at that stage that you're talking about, might have been constantly cycling through diets, low calories, whatever that looks like for them. What are your tips to kind of battle their mindset on eating a little bit more food? I think like it really depends on the history of the person because some people take to it like a duck to water and are just like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, more food, I feel great. But some people do have that mindset where they're so scared and so afraid and seeing scale fluctuations or, you know, feeling a bit more bloated or heavy. Um, So it kind of depends on the individual. But in those certain cases where people are stressed, I tend to do it in a more gradual approach. Um, So smaller increases, kind of like a reverse. Um, I don't really like reverse dieting in general. But like when someone comes from a history of food fear or um, eating disorder or body dysmorphia, it can be beneficial to take those smaller steps and make someone feel a bit safer um, in the beginning until they sort of warm up to that idea that, okay, nothing bad is happening. Yeah, until um, they mentally catch up to that stage. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, like, another thing that's so important is, like, self-reflection and taking the time to sit there and say, how is this making me feel? Why does this make me feel that way? Um, even, like, with eating certain foods and stuff like that, does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel bloated, discomfort? just taking that time to sit there and reflect on things and understanding like how you're feeling in the moment. Um, that also helps like longer term I find as well with making changes. Cause a lot of the time people like are so busy in their mind that they don't take that time to reflect. And then they get to a point where they're just like, so like yeah. in their own head that they just haven't thought about the what and the why. So I think a lot of self-reflection, and again, that's where like coaching comes into play and having someone to sort of bounce away that you're feeling off and also having that designated time to sit there and think about like what you're doing and how you're feeling through the process and then being able to raise concerns and having someone be a bit of a soundboard as to why you might be feeling certain ways and talk you through that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think like both you and I, like you said, you had that, journey with pregnancy and I also had my own journey it helps you sort of understand how people are feeling in the moment when they do feel a bit uncomfortable and then you can sort of just say to them like you are going to have these feelings but like longer term think of the bigger picture with your goal of xyz whatever it might be whether it's um to be able to eat out socially or whatever their longer term goal is around food just reminding them of that importance and celebrating little things with them along the way when they do break a food rule that they might have had So just that reinforcement because, again, I find like a lot of coaching, the reinforcement comes from weight loss results. Whereas like if you reinforce someone making a change in behavior, whether it's letting go a little bit, um, whatever it may be, 
they sort of say that, okay, this is like a good thing and then they continue to implement those behaviours and then it becomes further and further in the background yeah. until they, they don't even do it And anymore. I think that's such an important point on um, the positive reinforcement is different for each person, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, for one person it might be, you know, having more control over their food, maybe not eating mm-hmm. out as much as they would usually, but for the next person it's actually the opposite. And Absolutely. it's like having a meal out and, you know, having a little bit more, being a little bit more lax with their food mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know if you're the same, but something that I always like to work towards is like food ownership. Like if you have a certain macro or calorie goal, but you on that day decide that you are going to go out with family or whatever, and that doesn't happen that day, that's not a mistake or it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's the ownership of that decision that's important. Because I think so many people will be like, well, it was the weekend and I I did X, Y, and Z and not take ownership of it which just takes away so much of your own like power with your food and absolutely yeah no I completely agree and that that's something that I do say to my clients as well is like owning the decisions that you make and understanding that different things serve you at different times whether you know it is a meal out like that served your social health and your mental health taking a break like understanding why you're making these choices and it's not just a free-for-all like everything has a purpose and understanding why you make the choices that you make rather than, you know, allowing food to control you. You're still in control, but it's just pivoting the reason as to why you're making your choices. Like, it's not a bad thing yeah. to eat out on the weekend, but, like, yeah, it's about, like, especially when clients are trying to lose a significant amount of weight, I'd like to say to them, like, you've got to weigh up, like, what serves you right in the moment yeah. and make that choice. and and stick with that and own it like because at the end of the day like you're the one who's making these decisions yeah and, and that is unless, you, with your unless you own it it's always going to be consuming you rather than you know you in yeah, control <laughs> yeah and I guess one of my last questions for you is kind of where you see your business evolving and where you hope the like kind of whole nutrition um realm is going to grow into and what you see like your part in that um, well, I hope that we continue to go down this path of, especially women, because I predominantly work with women, yeah. um, women eating enough and, and just feeling good within their skin. Like I, I'm so happy to see like more body positivity and more women being content with where they're at. Um, but I would still like to see more changes in that area, especially like when it comes to like what we consume in the media, especially like, you know, a lot of girls watch reality TV and it's like all the all the people that we see really on there. Do. Yeah. <laughs> they're very similar. So it's about, you know, um, making sure that we are broadening on that aspect. But in terms of me personally, um, I'm doing further education in nutrition um, and I want to expand on what I'm doing from like more of a the nitty-gritty perspective on food and making sure people are making wholesome choices um, and just learning more about like specific, um health related issues and that kind of thing and just more being able to tailor advice um i mean the research is constantly changing and i think in this industry you have to constantly be keeping up to date anyway um but for me i do want to be able to like i think after doing this for a few years now the thing that i find people struggle with the most is knowing how to eat whole foods um, and enjoy it uh, especially people who come from a background of calorie counting. Like a lot of my clients have had experience with calorie counting, but they come from a meal plan based program, which 
hasn't sort of taught them the importance of fruit and vegetables and variety and that kind of thing. So I'm also educating people about that kind of thing. But I've also transitioned more into clients not tracking as well and just learning to eat more naturally and whole food. I mean, a lot of my clients, after they've been with me for quite a long period of time, they do make that transition with me um, before they do finish up. So I think it's just more about like teaching people how to eat in that aspect so that like longer term they can make the choices without being reliant on an app um, and just naturally eating more whole foods and and just enjoying food and making it an experience especially like my clients who are mums I like to try and teach them to make food an experience with their kids Um, because again like we spoke about before like the way that that impacts the next generation like if we can make food a positive experience it's going to change the way that their kids grow up and the way that they see themselves and the way that they see food. So I think for me, like that is the path that I really want to go down because Stopping I think it's just, diet cycle. Yeah. And just, you know, making sure people are taking care of their health because they want to age well, not just because they want to look good for a certain event. Like for me, yeah. that's what's most important, like healthy aging and, and just, yeah, understanding that, as we get older, our body changes, whether it's going from a teenager to a young adult or whether it's through pregnancy or whether it's through menopause, just body acceptance and that kind of thing as well is really important to me. Yeah, I love it. I can't <laughs> wait to see what you do and I hope you get all of your amazing recipes. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Anytime, thank you for having me. I've I've had such a lovely chat with you. I know it was. I could talk. I could ask you a million questions for the rest of the day, but I'll, <laughs> I'll give you your time back. Thank you so much.